It is the return, the long-awaited return of Noahly Pod. I can't remember what episode it is now because it's been like two or three years, yeah, but we're back. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're back. I think we're on like, I think it's about 20-ish. I think we're in the 20s. <laughs> Pod. Spend 20 minutes doing this now. Uh, 23. I think. Welcome to Noly Pod, episode number twenty-three. We think. We think. Yeah, I have to double-check that one sooner or later. Go back three seasons in the archives. <laughs> yeah, Noly Pod is back. Part of a bit of rebranding going on around here. Y'all will hear more about this over the next couple days here with the rest of the group that's coming on this week. But uh, yeah, time for a change. We're gonna get everyone back and doing their own thing again, and thus Noah naturally got. Uh, Noly Pod back. Yeah, baby. We're back and better <laughs> than ever. Yeah, you know. Potentially. It can't possibly uh, worse than the first time, so. Well, no, it can't. So. So, but, uh, not much Flyers news. I mean, a little bit of Flyers news today we saw. Um, oh, God. Some talking about... Uh, I guess preliminary... We may spend uh, the entire episode talking about this fucking Sean Walker thing by itself. Oh, my God. God damn it. So, let me pull up Anthony's tweet, because... um, So, I think he said last week, Danny Briere and Sean Walker had... They met when uh, they were in Toronto. Yeah, they had some very, uh, like, preliminary... uh, Jeff Merrick brought this up on, I think it was Saturday... Because I remember, quoted his tweet when it originally popped up, and then DeMarco brought uh, more to it today. And it's just like, Flyers are really going to attempt to re-sign Sean Walker, apparently. Yep, so uh, they said that both both sides beef, uh, briefly spoke in Toronto last week, but no formal talks, according to Anthony. Uh, Philly apparently feels four to four and a half annual uh, AAV would be better, and Sean Walker wants uh, about a million more at f- between and five to five and a half. Apparently, yep, there were. Uh, that's all we know. We don't know anything about if any trade protection God. was talked about, any term. Um, I don't. Can anybody give me a good reason why we're resigning Sean Walker? I can't see. The only good reason I could think of is if. Is if Danny Breer thinks that getting him to a like two or three year extension might entice more teams before the trade deadline, but I don't think it would. How about you just deal his fucking UFA rights? There you go. I, Problem solved. That's what I think. That's They're what I think would be They're going to resign him because they want to just get the band back together. It. 
I don't really think that re-signing Sean Walker would be the best idea. I mean, are there worse ideas? Yeah, but this definitely isn't one of those. God, even if it's one year, like if it's one year, one million, no trade protection, you still have him on the roster for another year. You still have this random guy that you have to assume is going to overperform again for a full another season and then try and trade him there. Yeah, I don't. I and mean, that's assuming they don't give him like a fucking five by five contract that's going to lock him up for the rest of time. Because and a no movement wouldn't be the first because time. Of course not. Wouldn't be the first time something like that happened. <coughs> Risto, <coughs> lovely. <laughs> this definitely is no Elipod, all right. <laughs> but um, my biggest thing, I, and I fucking wrote about this last week, and like it is written in the stars. They're going to run this entire team back. They are. I seen. I, I saw eighteen someone... of their twenty-three players are currently under contract for next year. If they re-sign Walker and Sealer, that is twenty of their twenty-three. That's Zamula Stall and one of the depth forwards right now. That would not be there, whether it be Lexell or Brink. That's it. Everybody wow. else, including the twelve <laughs> forwards, everyone's already under contract. Couturier, Atkinson, Konechny, Faraby, Lawton, Cates, Hathaway, Frost, Delorier, Tippett, Paling, Forster. Sanheim, Ristolainen, Drysdale, York, Peterson, Urson. Everyone's already under contract next year. They're not going to change a goddamn thing. They're going to run it back in its near entirety, and they haven't even clinched a fucking playoff spot yet. They could still miss. (laughs) I did see someone talking about how season ticket holders will be very upset if if the Flyers trade Sean Walker and Scott Lawton, oh yeah, and especially if they don't make the playoffs, and my question is, would you? Re- so let's just let's just say hypothetically, Danny does get a first round pick for Sean Walker and a first round pick for Scott Lawton, and we have four first round picks. Whether those are all this year, some next year, whatever, we get two more first round picks that we didn't have two days ago. I think I'd rather have four first round picks potentially in one draft class to move up and have all this extra draft capital and miss the playoffs than to be that team who just squeaks into the playoffs and maybe wins one round if they're lucky. And then and Walker has... leaves in free agency anyway. Yeah. So, like, honestly, what. Walker just leaves. Bad a, asset like, management is the uh, key to this story. I'm not saying we got to just trade Sean Walker and Scott Lawton for just just to trade them, but I'd rather get a second round least. pick for Sean Walker than resign him to a five by five contract. A hundred percent. Resign him to any contract, quite frankly. I just really. Don't there's Why would no you bring real this guy back? To doing it. There's, there's no, no point if you want to. I had somebody say, well, "Who's he blocking?" <laughs> Well, it's not about blocking anybody. It doesn't matter if you're blocking. It's about making improvements to the team. First of all, you're blocking Adderd. He's on a one-way contract. And the full yeah. theory, I guess the theory is they're going to keep Sealer and Walker and get rid of Ristolainen. Which, here's the thing about that one. Like, Ristolainen, I assume, has some kind of value. But Anthony has talked about this one before as well, that teams don't find the 5.1 million cap it appealing. So you're going to retain, say, 1.5 on Walker, for, or on uh, Ristolainen, rather, for the next three years to get a third-round pick for him so some team can take him so you can give Walker a long-term big-money extension. That's dumb. That's as dumb an outcome as you could possibly have in this situation. Holy shit. Holy shit. 
if they want to bring back Walker, hell, maybe go for him in free agency next year at, at the end of the season. Old Justin Braun Whatever. Trick. Exactly. But man, get something for him. Because I saw that, I don't remember who tweeted it out, but I saw someone say, if you're, if Scott Lawn and Sean Walker are the difference between your team making the playoffs and your team not, you're not a playoff team. Yeah. No, I couldn't. Yeah. And that is 100% correct. Because, listen, even it, even with Sean Walker and Scott Lawton, I can't see this team getting past the second round at most. Sure, they could go on a Cinderella run and be the 2019 Blues, but are That's we really happen. expecting that? No. Are we even expecting... Um, they're going to get their chains kicked into their ass by the Carolina Hurricane. So, I, yeah, 100%. Most likely, if we make the playoffs, we're going to play the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes. The season that end team, of the day, that's who they're facing. Uh, I mean, I think, I don't know the exact thing. I know that we're third in the Metro still. I think we're four points above New Jersey. Um, this team very well could miss the playoffs without trading away anybody. So Flyers yeah, we are, are third place in the Metro with 65 points. points. The Devils have 60 points. points. Uh, I believe both wildcard spots right now are currently held by the Atlantic Division. Yep, Tampa uh, Bay with, is 65, uh, 65 and 64. Uh, Hurricanes have 69 points, or second Rangers are first with 75. So yes, the playoffs are not even a guarantee at this point. So With 25 games left or whatever it is. Nothing screams to either of us, and it shouldn't scream to really anyone, that Sean Walker needs to stay. I noticed a lot of the like hardcore Breer people, the ones that are backing every single move that he makes, even they were pretty quiet about this today. They said, well, everyone's got to relax and we got to see what happens. Which basically indicates that they know this is a bad one and they can't defend him and they're just going to hope that they ultimately makes the right call and trades him. But uh, yeah, this is one of those moves where we're watching Breer steer this ship directly into the iceberg. And, uh, just, just, I don't get it. I don't understand. I have seen some, uh, some people say maybe this is like a smoke screen because. Yeah. The art of war negotiation tactics that let everybody know that they're going to resign Walker because apparently that'll throw Joe Sackick off the trail that Walker's up for sale and they're going to have to Mm. offer him more to get him. Fuck you. I think that's one of the most overrated talking points when it comes to this kind of stuff, is teams don't know what other teams want. If we as fans know Walker's going to get traded, I'm pretty sure every other general manager in the NHL should know Walker's going to get traded. This isn't Hell, a goddamn I'm... negotiation tactic. It's your general manager <laughs> being a fucking moron and wanting to resign all those depth pieces. We talked about this in December with Nick Sealer. All the rumors back then, we want to resign Nick Sealer to a contract. And it's like, pa, they won't actually be that stupid, right? And then here we are giving Ryan Palin an extension in fucking late January. So clearly, the option of resigning all of their depth players and just running it back is very much on the table and a possible outcome to all of this. Exactly. Because they didn't already. If they do resign Sean Walker, which honestly, I'm hoping that it really was just Danny and Sean Walker just shooting shit being like, hey, just wondering if for any reason you were to come back, what, what would you think it would be? And you know, if it was just that, then this is a complete non story and just but the fact that it was tweeted out, especially by like Anthony, makes me feel like there's a bit more weight than just that. Though the fact that it seems like 
either it just didn't come out about like anything but AAV and the fact that it says that it's just nothing formal yet has me hoping that it's just really Danny and Sean just kind of shooting shit, trying to just see, figure out numbers and, or anything like that. But really it, it, it doesn't feel like a good move. This is to a make. Chuck Fletcher it, thing. We can't get it rid of anybody because we're going to make the playoff. And they make it, the playoffs, get their taints kicked into their taints, and then that's the end of that. And then what? What's really, what's really a rebuild about anything besides? If they bring them Mishkov, both back, nobody's allowed to say the word rebuild anymore. Nobody. Exactly. It's the been old- clear <laughs> since Breer took over that this isn't actually a rebuild. Nothing they've done since the day he was hired and he used that word has been a rebuild. And if they just bring these two back and twenty of these twenty three people are under contract going into the season, I never want to hear that word again. They have already no, settled 100%. as a fucking bubble team. That's all they want to be. They don't want to be a rebuilding team. They don't want to be a cup contender. They want to be a hardworking bubble team just like the Columbus Blue Jackets. Because Tortorella only knows yeah. one trick. It's, you know, I I don't want to call it back to the Hextall days, but, you know. I'm having dude, nightmares. Day, I'm having fucking day, PTSD it feels from a little this. Bit more, more like the beginning of those Hextall days uh-huh. where you're hoping. If you're paying Especially, attention, you can watch the decline happen, but if you're ignoring it, it's just all great and wonderful, but actually things are going horribly wrong and you just don't want to acknowledge it yet. You know, it's it's even more similar, especially looking at the fact that Hextall's first year, you know, we thought that he was really going to be talking, that he really meant what he was talking about, which I feel like Ron Hextall did mean did mean to do what he said he was going to do, or like try and be competitive, but also build through the draft, but... Obviously, that's not really going to be helpful if you're just picking perennially perennially between like 13 and 20th overall. Yeah. And, but that first year that Hextall did that Hextall did uh, was the GM. We had two first round picks, but he had a top, he had a pick in the top uh, in the top 10, where he took Provorov, and then. Uh, 24th, where we took TK. Danny, on the other hand, looks like our top pick is probably going to be in the Florida and Philadelphia are both in the playoff picture right now. Florida is going to make the playoffs. Yes. I think they've taken over. I think they're now the top team in the East after today. I think they've jumped over Boston. They have, according to the score. So... So Florida is going to early exit for the Flyers, and they get their weighted odds at the beginning there, which is what eighteenth overall or something like that. So great. Well, I mean, amazing. So we're we're going to have two two mid round picks. picks that they're going to overhype the fuck out of. They're never going to play in the NHL because that's a trend. None of these prospects ever make the NHL because Tortorella doesn't want them to. And then in five years from now, they're going to go, "Oh shit, we drafted like shit all these years." You know, I mean, it's getting kind of it's getting a bit tired having Mishkov be that whole saving grace about all of this. It's like we just got away from Mishkov. It's like, well, but we should be preparing for more than just when he gets here. We should be preparing for his prime after his ELC. We got to be getting those guys who we are going to come until in. Until Mishkov shows up, when in reality we're just going to piss away the next two years and doing absolutely nothing. And then when Mishkov shows up, they're going to furiously try and build a team for the next five years. He's going to be in his 30s by the time this happens. 
It's ridiculous. You're wasting a lot of time by trying to keep this hard-working group together because they all like each other because the culture is good. Fuck off. Fuck off. I also just hate the whole thing about how, oh, we're playing well, so we can't do anything. It's like, well, there's a difference between playing good enough to be in that playoff spot because if the Flyers came out and, like, you know, everyone started, like, playing actually like they looked like a contender – I'd still have a lot of question marks because how do you go from being seventh worst in the league to being a to being a cup contender? But there's nothing there's nothing to show that this is going to be sustainable in the slightest. Yeah, that's that's my problem is is sustainability is when you're writing essentially on vibes right now the culture of the room that's not exactly a solid building strategy for long-term success if they run it back next season with the exact same roster which is apparently what they intend on doing and for whatever reason that locker room can't get their shocker is aligned you know and you just have a bunch of fucking dudes all of a sudden it's not gonna look so pretty because we've seen them do this before by the way this 17 18 when they overexceeded and made the playoffs did nothing in the offseason and got their asses kicked the following season same thing, 1920, same thing. We were riding on vibes and emotions, and everything was great and wonderful. You go into the bubble, you get to the second round, you lose to the Islanders, you go into the offseason, and do f- fucking nothing. Uh, we got Eric Gustafson. Which led to their worst stretch in franchise history. Because, no shit. It's They're going to do it it's again. A broken re- it's a broken record. Yeah. And honestly, I think that, I think that the real fans should be upset if this is if that's what we do. If we re-sign Sean Walker, if we just run the same team back that we know isn't good enough to probably again, even when I say that they might be able to get one series win, that's also me saying if they're lucky, if Sam Erson gets com- gets incredibly hot in in that first round and the Hurricanes completely collapse, then, yeah, sure, we could probably make it to the second round, but I highly doubt whoever we would play in the second round would lose to the Flyers. I think that playing... <laughs> so, really, this team probably tops out at one playoff series win, if that. At absolute if everything best. goes right. Yeah. yeah. So, it... Apparently all we want, just to be a fucking bubble team again. I mean, even when even when people like compared to the uh, the 2019 St. Louis Blues, like they had Ryan O'Reilly. Like, let's be completely honest here that our top guys are kind of at that same level as like Braden Shen. And then on top of that, they had Vladimir Tarasenko. They had Ryan O'Reilly. They had um, they had Alex Petrangelo. Like, we don't have guys like that. Well, we have Sean Walker, though. What more do you need? He's apparently the answer to all of their problems. It's just, there's when you look at the roster, you a hundred percent just see the you see that we're not playing where we should be. We're playing above it. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and complain about winning hockey games because it is fun to watch winning hockey. But I'm also not going to just sit here and say... It's not the winning, it's their lack of ability to change on the fly because they're winning. Yeah. There's not... That's the problem. There's no... 
there's seemingly no interest in the team improving. They either want to, A, fall back on the rebuild, which is their built-in excuse for not doing anything, or B, they just want to keep the grip, the band together and run it back for another year. There's no interest in them going out and getting that top center that they need or finding that, you know, a top scoring guy that they need. They just want to run it back. They just want to run it back with this same team because the culture is good. That is like the biggest fucking red flag right now. It's not the winning. I don't give a shit whether they're winning or losing right now. It's what are you doing to build to be a competitive team in the future? And there doesn't appear to be any of that right now. They just want to keep everything status quo. That's it. No. And if you do trade Sean Walker and Scott Lawn, even if you only get one first-round pick for between the both of them, like that gives you a – which would most likely be for this year. You got three first-round picks this year. Granted, probably none of them are going to be above 16th overall. But you got three first-round picks. No matter what, you can trade two of them. Hell, even all three of them. Try and get up real high into this yeah. into the first round, or you can trade trade two of them and whoever and trade a guy that you don't think you're going to need. Say, say a team does want Ristolainen during the offseason, and they're like, "Well, if you put in Ristolainen for that, if you already trade Sean Walker and then come draft day." To get into, hypothetically, do not come after me for like this trade because, on the fly. But like, let's say we have, like, twenty one, sixteen, and like twenty eight, and you trade, uh, twenty one and sixteen plus, I don't know, wrist align him for, let's just say the tenth overall pick. Like, then you're getting rid of Sean Walker, who helped you get up into the top ten as well as getting rid of Ristolainen. And when you get rid of Sean Walker, eating some of that, uh, eating some of that cap off of Ristolainen's contract becomes a lot more to swallow. You can swallow it a lot easier because you don't have a Sean Walker extension at, at least four and a half, uh, at least 4 million per year. So it, and then. God, I'm so over this team. I'm so over them. And then you know what though I, if Scott Lawn is traded, that makes the Ryan Paling extension all right. It makes it better because then that's really the, the only way it justifies Paling. resigning Paling for one point nine million dollars for two years is if you I ditch mean, he, Lawton. But they just kept. They just a week ago they just gave Lawton the A again. They just had this whole big release about now he's an A. Couturier's the C and Lawton's the A. Why would you have that two weeks before the trade deadline? I don't know. It, if It's weird as well because it feels like Scott Lawn would have gotten the C if there wasn't the possibility of him getting traded, though. But it is weird that well, I guess it's not super weird that the guy who, that the only guy who's had a letter on his jersey since Claude Giroux. Well, since the end of the since. Well, OK, since the end of the 21, 22 season. Lawton's been the only guy to wear an A. Yep. So I think it would be weird even if they're expecting him to be traded to just take the A away. How about you just wait until after the deadline to make this call in the first place? Why do you name Katari's captain the, in the middle of the season to begin with? That is the weird. I will agree. That is like the weirdest thing ever. But again, my only the only logical thing I could think of is if there's real chatter and a very real possibility that Scott Lawn is traded, then that does mean 
that no one would have had a letter on the team after the trade deadline. Great, then rebrand then. <laughs> that is true. That probably would have been way better to do. It's there's this really weird timing for Katuria to be named captain. Mm-hmm. I mean, congrats for him. I think that we all saw well, I can't say that because when the Flyers put out that first tweet, it was entirely just everyone spamming TK, 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 TK. I thought TK. for sure it was going to be connecting. Yeah. I, I was like 85% sure that it was going to be connecting. And I'm like, I don't know, though. I think everybody it, knew deep down it was going to be Couturier. Like, he was the logical option to replace Giroux, even though he spent his entire fucking time under Giroux. But we don't want to talk about that part just yet. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's the guy under contract for the rest of fucking time. I heard the theory that... It was going to be him for captain all along, but because he missed the last two years, they wanted to make sure that he could still go this year before they gave him the captaincy. And I guess that would make sense that he can still go. So thus they give it to him in the middle of February, 52 games into the season or whatever it was. I mean, it makes that would make sense because, I mean, last thing you want to do is name Couturier captain. And then like two weeks into the season, he's. He gets injured again, and hit, and then he says, "I can't do it. I can't come back again." Or just wait until the off season when you find out that he's had a full year to come back, and you know who's going to be on the yeah, roster no, they, for the future. They definitely should have. God, I'm just saying. God, that. I hate this team. Ever mentioned that before? Fuck. Maybe a couple of times. I'm just saying they're not going to name him captain before this before this season, no. not knowing if he can't get through it all. But that doesn't it doesn't change the fact that it was such a weird such weird timing to name him captain on a random Wednesday in the middle of February. But I, and of course then TK did get the other a, like we saw. So I think we all saw that coming. If he wasn't getting the C, he was going to get an a probably. I do wonder though, if if Lawton is traded, I doubt that they replace A immediately, but I would assume... I don't know. We're on the train of them having zero logic or, you know, ideas behind what they're doing these days, so I would not be surprised if... They might just know, do... March San- 9th, uh, they just hand, out, <laughs> hand one to Sandheim. Yeah. Get one for a defenseman, why not? <laughs> Travis Sandheim, you got eight more like years here. Nick DeLaurier. <laughs> Has he, like... Has he played over five minutes at all in the calendar year of 2024 in one game? I believe seven times he has played less than five minutes out of the 10 or 12 games that we played thus far, whatever it is. I'm so thankful we signed him to a four-year contract with trade protection. He's got trade protection. He's got a 20-team no-trade list until uh, until, uh, June 30, 2024. How the hell does Nick Delorier get a... Get more, get more teams that he get that he can say no to than Owen Tippett. Because I don't know. Because Chuck Fletcher signed the contract. <laughs> That's true. It's Chuck Fletcher, which makes too much sense. But man, no movement clauses. Trade protection is so rampant in the NHL. I'm pretty sure Seattle has like. 13 or 14 players with some sort of trade protection. It was the on one the thing Ron Hextall did right as GM was not hand out fucking trade clauses. That is, that is very true. 
I mean, man, if you want to hand out a trade a trade protection or two, like like to one or two players on your team, go ahead, sure. Katuria's like, got a like, full no move. Sandheim's got a full no trade. Those aren't guys who should be. <laughs> de- those aren't guys who should be. Like I get that they that players having a player's right that it, they can choose where they want to go. Yeah, they they have that in their contract. They're they're free to exercise that right. But man, I think it's just the stupidest thing that like a middle six guy or like some honestly a guy on your in the Flyers case a guy in your fourth line who's not even regularly on your fourth line can make an entire huge trade collapse yeah. because he doesn't want to go there because he doesn't know his fucking alphabet in the first place I think I mean, Tori Krug is not a guy going back to back to that huge deal from the summer Tori Krug is not a guy who should be making a trade not happen like he's good I'm not going to disrespect him but really a guy who who's probably just stuck on your second lot on your second pairing should not be blowing up a huge deal. It's insane, and there needs there needs to come to a point where the NHL GMs just say, "No, we're only going to give them to like our top player, maybe two, depending on how good that second player is." The first general manager that realizes that trade protections and long term contracts are dumb. We'll have a lot of success. Yes. But that's the way it is nowadays. Not We've either. gone to that point where mm-hmm. if you're not giving someone, it, it, if someone plays in your top six, you're probably going to give them at least a six year contract. They're and they're probably going to have and gigantic money. And they're probably going to have trades. A, and exactly. And it's just, we're not going to be able to trade anything anymore. No. Like you look around to like the NFL, NBA, MLB, I think the MLB is granted the MLB has like a weird as a system where honestly, if hockey decided to do that, I wouldn't be upset where if you play for that team a certain amount of years, then you do have the ability to veto a trade like that at least gives that at least gives your club that like, oh, you want to have the ability to try and go where you want to. You're going to have to play several years for us. Where we could trade you to anywhere before then. I think the the NFL, like I know that Jalen Hurts is the first ever Eagles player to have a trade to have a trade clause in his contract. I think there's like ten players in the NFL who have a trade clause in their contract. So that's like one for every three teams. The NBA has like I think about the same amount, like nine or so. Like so. Why is it that the NHL hands out on average like five no trade clauses per team? It's insane. Yeah. Especially to fucking Nick Deloria of all people. Look. They're gotta move him this summer, right? There's no way this guy actually comes they, back again. I don't see why he would wanna stay here. Granted, maybe he just does maybe he just does want to get paid to sit in the press box. Cash and checks. I mean, hell, I'd I'd love to get paid to just sit on the bench, go out for five minutes, maybe. 
Bessie in the house. Since the new year, which is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It's played 13 games this new year. Played 10 minutes only once. And played 5 or less. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 6. 6 times. With a 3.36 in there against Calgary. So, 3 minutes like, and 36 seconds of ice time. So like half the games in 2024, Nick Delorier has played less than five minutes. Yeah, which includes <sighs> probably at least half a dozen right now that he was scratched entirely. Just doesn't make sense, man. Just doesn't make sense. They had their meathead, and then they brought in fucking Garnet Hathaway, their new meathead, who's an overall better player. So their meathead total is up to just one. <laughs> Because for some reason they gotta roll with only eleven forwards. Because playing twelve oh forwards is 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 taboo. I don't apparently. know why they need to play with. If you need to play with seven defensemen for like a game or two, okay. I I would be surprised if we had like a five six. Hell, if you told me they had a ten game streak where they played eleven forwards and seven defensemen, I'd be inclined to believe that. There's a reason to trade Sean Walker at the deadline alone, just to stop this bullshit fucking 11-7. I'd I'd rather have Mark Stahl in the lineup every night than do 11-7. That's what's going to happen. They're going to keep Mark Stahl. They're going to get rid of Walker and keep Mark Stahl, and they'll still have 11-7. I might actually have an aneurysm. There's another guy, Mark Stahl. I can't wait to pull up the tweets of everyone in the summer that said, Mark Stahl's a free trade ship. They're going to get a high draft pick for him, and he's going to be so good and valuable. I can't wait to pull those tweets up and roast these dumb motherfuckers that thought this guy was actually going to be worth something. Did you see his uh, stadium series numbers? Yeah. Zero, 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 at about 10 minutes of ice time. He could have done nothing. He could have just sat on the bench, and he would have still had the same impact yep. on the game. It's almost like signing him in the first place was a bad idea. But, Daniel, it's the what? culture. It's the culture. I don't give a fuck what the culture is. There's no reason why 37-year-old Mark Stahl is on this team right now. You know what? If it was just Mark Stahl, that's kind of, like, you know, that's still stupid. I wouldn't advise signing Mark Stahl. Before Box Star, we had Garnet Hathaway, Ryan Paling, Nick Delorier. We had all these guys who maybe I won't add in Ryan Paling because he's a bit better than all. But like, we already had one guy in you didn't no, know that when you Nick Delorier. Paling was that just a true. dude when you signed him. I mean, he was always just looked at as that fourth line guy who was gonna who could. He's your quad A you know, guy. Yeah. So. I mean, like we we already had Nick Delorier, who was who had that stupid veteran contract when he was going to play no time for that whole veteran presence thing. We didn't need to do that again with Garnet Hathaway, and then again with Mark Stahl. How do people defend this shit? I I have no clue. They are just swinging from Breer's nutsack right now. Like, this is totally fine. Like, this team just won eight straight Stanley Cubs. And it's like, there are just red flags up and down this lineup as far as problems that are going to be, uh, that are already happening in some cases, but are going to be, you know, uh, pretty noticeable over the next little while here. They're going to run back. I mean, again, again, I mean, this is 
Briere, I get it. Briere hasn't been GM of this team for a year yet. But take away it's even more draft, concerning. Take away drafting Matt Bay Mitchkov, and what what do we have? Okay, sure. You got so the Provorov trade, and that's about it. You got the Provorov trade, and you have the uh, Gauthier trade. Which is because Breer didn't have the fucking balls to sign him at the end of last season and fucked all that up in the first place. So Allegedly. Allegedly. I have no clue what's going on with what that happened. I Honestly, I feel like we'll... I feel like this is going to be something where uh, Cutter Gauthier is going to be like 36, nearing the end of his career. In like 10 years from now, we'll hear what the actual cause was. It'll be something like Chuck Fletcher threw my peanut butter and jelly on the ground and stomped on it. (laughs) Just, just, I just. But but really, like, looking at Breer's body of work. This is mediocre at best. This is a guy who went to the Chuck Fletcher School of General Managering. Like uh, and like I've managing, been saying, his managing, best managing doesn't I matter. Don't know. Fucking who cares? Who? But again, just I swear the worst thing to happen for people who are seeing that this team isn't what they should be and isn't doing what they should be is drafting Mishkov. Obviously, drafting Mishkov was great, but man, that is the entire argument for people who are saying. We gotta just trust Danny because look, he drafted Mafe Mishkov. Yeah, he'll be here and in I, two years, maybe. And if so you're lucky. I wonder, like, if Montreal did draft Mishkov, and let's say we, let's say we drafted, I don't know, Zach Benson or Ryan or Ryan, uh, probably Ryan Leonard, to be honest. I wonder what the perception of they would be hyping up Ryan Danny Leonard. Green? It'd be the same they, thing, just a different prospect name. Just not as much what as it's always been. I mean, I. I I can't say much because I hype up Matt Mishkov a lot. I mean, watching his games that really exciting and, you know, waiting for that to come over. But again, from the start of the year, I thought, yeah, we we're probably going to be bad. We'll probably sell off like guys like Sean Walker, Scott law and get some draft picks. We're going to try and build up and build for not just when he gets here, but when he's hitting his prime, when he's, when he's going to be like his late twenties, when he's 27, hitting those like top, uh, those like prime numbers, where he's gonna probably be scoring like, uh, like fucking Ovechkin or or Austin Matthews, hopefully. And what are we gonna surround him with, guys like? Terry will still be here. Lawton will still be here. Farabee will still yeah. be here. <laughs> Sanheim will still be here. It'll be the same guys. They're not gonna get rid of anything. And that's just that's just it. How? Why? Are they committed to this group if they're barely going to make the playoffs? Why and are also, we re-signing all of these same players if they're not at the competitive level they need to be at yet? Why are we committing to these guys? Because the culture's good? You're going to limit the ceiling of what this team can be because the culture's good? Because they like each other? Fuck off! Why don't you try and build a successful hockey team that likes each other? How about that? Add some good players that are good. You know, losing Goche, this is going to be a big thing for Breer because you don't have a top center coming anymore. Mm-mm. They're going to run into next your – set, your four centers, Couturier, Morgan Frost, Scott Lawton, Ryan Palick. That is your four centers right now. That is pathetic. Pathetic. What do you do to address that? Oh, just kidding. They're going to run them all back because of the culture. Hey, if people – 
I saw people compare saying, "Hey, look at the look at what the culture did for the Phillies. Like they they went to the World Series after missing the playoffs for eleven years. They don't have the star power. Like they first also of all, added fucking first of all, Real Muto, Bryce Harper, Kyle. Yeah, Schwarber. I mean, first of all, they have they have this guy named Bryce Harper who won NL MVP. Just They're playing the like young guys two years and Bryce before and to get there. Not like, even remotely the same. It's not even close. Like." And then even the, and they still want and you know what that team who who was so close to winning the World Series but couldn't quite get it done did you know what they did they went out there and they signed an All Star short center in Trey Turner and you know what the Flyers who want who I'm I have no doubt that if the Flyers make the playoffs. Danny Breer is going to entirely abandon ever saying the word rebuild and said, we're going to build off of last season. No, fuck no. They're going to keep saying. And what are you going to do? What are we going to do to build off last season? Because like you said, we have no roster spots open. Nope. It's the classic Uh, Chuck Fletcher thing of like, even if they wanted Zegris, now they have to move Frost first. We can't add Johnny Gaudreau because we need to move JVR. You know, this is going to be the new thing of like, they can make moves. They should have enough money to to add a guy or two. But now you have to clear out two or three bodies in order to add those two or three bodies because everyone's already under fucking contract for some reason. The path of least resistance for the Philadelphia Flyers, which means they were not going to do it. I don't believe for a second they're, they're adding anymore. I think this group is getting run back in its entirety and they're just going to settle. They're not going to play any of their prospects. Andre, Adderd, Brink, Lexell, they're all in the AHL again for another year. They're going to run this group back. What the hell would those guys even come up with? I mean, like, listen, again, if we're going to talk about in, like, two years of Mitch Cobb's here, hopefully, you got top four centers of uh, of wingers of Mitch Cobb, Farabee, Tippett, and Konechny. So then what are you going to do with Lexell? Suomala. We'll um, still be in the AHL. Forster. Brink. No, they don't get it. Brink had his 38 games. Good enough. We'll never see him again. I think it's... A, I, I'm going to be fascinated in how they handle the Forster. He's been out with his injury. And he's nice. the last young guy in the lineup. Apparently he was at practice with a no-contact jersey today. So we'll see if he comes back soon. But he's one of those guys like, hey, this was the last young guy left on this team that was seeing ice time. And now he's out on the outside looking in. Do they actually throw him back into this lineup when it comes, or is he the fucking 12th forward now getting scratched every night? Be very it just, interesting. It doesn't make sense. It, no, I, none of this makes compl- any sense. I completely believe that Danny Breer thought that we were going to be bad. I'm not sure if he thought we were going to be as bad as we were last year, but I thought, I have no doubt in my mind that he did not expect us to be where we are now. And he didn't... and. And he probably didn't have a plan for if we were. No. Because yeah. now, I mean, I I honestly would rather them not make the playoffs. Because if they're, I don't know if I can go through another 10 years of in the playoffs one year, out the other year, in again, out again. With only, what, like two years between the two? Yeah. Yeah, we've had two years since we went a decade of being in and out of the playoffs, and if we have another decade of being in and out of the playoffs after only two seasons of just missing the playoffs, <laughs> granted, this is coming from a franchise who before then, I think, missed the playoffs like 
maybe seven times. I don't think they missed think the playoffs. Six. Like it was, it was incredibly low for a franchise almost fifty years old. The entire point of the Hextall rebuild originally was so that they would be better than just a first round exit team. They wanted to be more than that was the original <laughs> plan, and here that we was. are ten years after they took over, and they're settling being a first round exit team. That's we've all had they want to be. One, we've had one season where they were more than just a first round exit team. Yep. And that was it. And that and that came when old shut down. I mean yep. Who knows? Who knows how different that? Who knows how different that uh, 2020 run would have been if the whole season played out like any other year, and we didn't get that. We didn't get those what, like four months between uh, the end of the regular season and the beginning of the bubble. Maybe, maybe the Flyers could have rid that. Could have ridden that high. Could have ridden that hot streak to it. Maybe to a Stanley Cup. Who fucking knows? But, again, that bubble year is the only year since, what, 2012 that we've yep. gone past the first round. 2012. I was a sophomore in high school in 2012. I was in fifth grade then. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was in fifth grade. And the next time we won a playoff series, I was a sophomore in in college yeah i'm almost a full year out of college and again the last time we the last time we made it to outside the second round was that 2011 did we make it to the third round in 2011 i think it was the second round in 2011 i think we got out in the second round in 2011 Christ, 2010-11 was the second round exit to the uh, Bruins. I got swept. So second round in 2011, and then we said in second round. Second round in 2012, they lost to the Devils. Yep. Then the in and out happened until uh, 2022, and they've missed for three straight years now. Oh, three straight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We had a three-year, we have a three-year break between possibly going. You did have a two-year gap between their in and out streak, though. So I mean, we're technically right. That it, uh, but that is right because they missed because uh, their last uh, their last twenty-one year, would have been their uh, streak-ending season. That is right. Yeah. So again, two years since our in and out streak of ten decades. Yeah. But hey, culture. Hey, we might make the playoffs. Culture. Did you hear that? What more could did you, you want that? besides culture? I don't oh, want good players. We don't need Trevor Zegers. We got Ryan Paling. Culture. And we're still we still got a hope that Jamie Drysdale does turn Gets into what together. we think he yeah. is. I mean, listen, hopefully, hopefully a new team and you know all this. Goes well into the offseason. He, he starts bulking. Uh, I'm not sure if he needs the bulk. I, I don't know, like, his... I don't know how tall, how much he weighs, anything like that. But let's say he goes... Hopefully, best case scenario is 
Jamie Drysdale realizes that he has the potential. He's here listed at uh, 5'11", 185. So, no. He could bulk up a little bit. It's almost I mean, like still, there's a reason why he wasn't succeeding in Anaheim. What? I know. Hopefully, I mean, the, the hope is that uh, that Drysdale can see that he has a way better shot at being that guy on our defense than in Anaheim. And he goes out this offseason, like, trains harder, comes back just more built, and has a has a pretty health and has a relatively healthy season playing like 75 or more games this will be a fun one to revisit in like three years from now when Gotye is putting 50 a year in Anaheim Drysdale's just a dude getting I mean, less ice but, time because fucking Sean Walker's still here we can't give him more time than Sean Walker did oh, you know that Sean Walker was pretty good and we Almost traded him for a first-round pick in 2024. Yeah. And they could have had a first-round pick for him. Even if they resigned over three years at $5 million AAV, and three years from now they're going to trade him for a sixth-round pick or something completely worthless. But, Daniel, I was told... it's horrible asset management, you see. I was told sixth-round picks are, are good. They're valuable. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you're Mark Stahl, I suppose. I'm pretty sure Mark Stahl is the person that I was told that about. Yep, and it was Mark Stahl. <laughs> oh, my God. And now I'm seeing people say that a second-round pick is a throw-in in a trade. <laughs> if it, I, I wonder where that happy medium is between a second-round pick is worth shit and a sixth-round pick is very valuable. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God, this tea. I, I sincerely hope that Danny does pull off trading both Sean Walker and Scott Lawton. Maybe even Rasmus Ristolainen. Fuck. Get Nick Sealer off this goddamn team, too. You can go, too. Yeah. But there's just no reason. There's no reason to keep him. There's no reason that, there's no reason that a team who said they were going to be rebuilding is bringing back an entire roster again. And if these motherfuckers do resign this guy, there is no excuse then in turn when they go into the offseason to not do everything possible to improve the team. They got to make trades. You got to make exactly. signings. You got to throw $10 million at Sam Reinhart to get here and fucking fix this team. You got to go out and throw whatever you can at Zegers to get him. There's no excuse. If you resign all these guys for the reason of being competitive, there is no goddamn excuse why you are dawn of the summer and do anything less than your best to bring in two or three players, especially at forward, that can help this team. Danny that's, needs that's to do the trade-off. That's Danny the trade-off. needs to do everything he can, regardless of regardless of how this trade deadline goes. As of right now, as of February nineteenth, Danny needs to do everything in his power to get us that. Get us that first line center and get him here, especially before. If they trade these guys, they can at least hold on to the guise of, hey, we're rebuilding. Okay, you want to keep that mask on a little longer? Fine. At least go through the motions of then being a seller. But if they're not going to do that and they're just going to be buy, uh, they're just going to resign all these guys, then you need to buy. There's no excuse. Those are your only options. Hell, imagine if. if Sitting on your thumb is not a fucking option right now. If we can get, if we can trade away Scott Lawn and Sean Walker, 
and get how a first and second round for like combined for them. And this team can still make the playoffs and lose in the first round. Having three first round picks and potentially three second round picks, at least two of them. I think we, I think because I know that Columbus will, Columbus will probably keep their second round pick this year. I think that the condition on that is that they can decide they have to decide before the first round or but they have to decide by the end of the first round if they're going to Columbus keep must this decide year's. after the 2024 first round is complete if they're sending a 2024 second pick a second round pick or the 2025 second round pick to Philadelphia I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that Columbus is going to keep their second round pick this year you would think but they may also play the long game here and just punt that ball if they're going to just openly rebuild from here on out Honestly, if Columbus, do, I could see Columbus doing that, thinking, "Hey, we might just if be even worse shit next draft, year." You just go we ahead might not for an early th- uh, second rounder next year too. Thinking no matter whether they see anybody there or not that they would like. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect be too different. I wouldn't expect uh, a decision about that until, at the very earliest the last pick of the first round, which very well could be the Flyers pick if the Flo- if the Florida Panthers win the whole damn thing. Just saying. So, yeah. I would bet on us having, as of right now, two first-round picks and one second-round pick. And that one's just compensatory. I, and I don't know... I don't know exactly when or how they decide where that'll go in the second round. I would assume that it would would probably be around the middle of the second round. We got, uh, what, a week? Two weeks until the trade deadline. This Friday will be two weeks until the trade deadline. So it's coming, everyone. Flyers play Chicago on Wednesday. Uh, back-to-back with the Rangers and Penguins over the weekend. Tampa, Washington, Ottawa, St. Louis, Florida, and then the trade deadline. So a rather mixed bag as far as teams go for um, uh, who they're facing over the next few weeks. So according to Cap Friendly, uh, they have the pick at 51. I'm not sure if that's just a placeholder for the compensatory pick, but that's where they have it, which would be about middle of the round. So All also, right, I've had uh, enough. Let's fucking end this shit. I will uh, just one last comment. This is a stupid did you, team. Uh, did you see? Torch said that he's a like afraid of the Blackhawks. That yeah, wouldn't surprise me one bit because they I fucking think, tanked and drafted well, and they've got star potential now. I'm pretty sure I. I'd be afraid sure of the Blackhawks see, too. I'm pretty sure I did see a tweet saying that Torch was quoted as saying that he's like not. Not super confident about our game against the Blackhawks. Against Wonder the why. last heated Blackhawks. Connor so, Guard's going to come in and wreck their shit just like every other stars they've, they've faced over the last few weeks. Because <sighs> believe it or not, star power wins games. What a fucking novel concept. But it's okay because everyone likes each other now. I'm over this shit. Let's end this fucking <laughs> show. At Dan the Flyer fan at Bradley Puck at Bradley underscore pod. Plenish of the website BradleyPuck.com. Tip to tip pod on Twitter uh, for the new... Uh, FKA Flyerside Chat. You can check that out. New stuff is going up. Uh, Flyerside Chat from the vaults. We picked our favorite episodes as well as the pre-records we did back in November, uh, November, December, every Monday and Thursday. So you can check that out. Tip to tip pod. The official announcement will be up 
soon. And uh, nah! Find me on Twitter at Flyers24 with the F as a PH. All right, I want to. Until next time, goodbye and good night.